Healthcare spending made up 5% of total U.S. GDP in 1960. In 2020, spending hit almost 20%. National polls show Americans believe healthcare prices and drug costs are among their top pocketbook concerns. Over the past 20 years, the runaway cost of health insurance has outpaced earnings and inflation, leaving our families with less freedom and less money. Families, small businesses, and individuals alike are struggling to find a way to pay for the health care they can't seem to afford. So how are we going to solve this problem? All over the world, technology is changing the way people and society connect and interact. The result? Countless industries are disrupted. But while the rest of the world has changed, insurance and the way we pay for health care remains broken and largely the same. What if there was a way we could all pay for health care that simply worked better and felt better than insurance? Well, today there is. We are Impact Health Sharing. We are a network of families, individuals, business owners, and small entrepreneurs who want to see the old way of doing things change. We use technology to connect tens of thousands of individuals and families across the nation to simply share and pay each other's medical bills. Old problems can be solved when people come together to leverage their sense of community with technology to control the cost of healthcare. Save as much as 30 to 70% on your healthcare costs. Get a free quote from Impact by visiting impactmyhealthshare.com. Click the link below or scan the QR code on the screen to visit our website automatically. into this room at your own risk because it leads to the future not a future that will be but one that might human freedom logic is an enemy and truth is a menace any state any entity any ideology that fails to recognize the worth the dignity the rights of man that state is obsolete a case to be filed under m for mankind in the twilight zone everybody uh it is tuesday february 27th for those of you that are joining us coming over from market ultra man what, it was a great show and uh i got a lot of stuff in my soul and it needs to be purged and we typically uh we typically do that uh through prayer 
I I had a really rough time introducing Craig Winklewitz to Club K. You know, we're talking about robots. We're talking about AI technology. We're talking about the war unrestricted that China is perpetrating upon us. And I'm just thinking about drone swarms. I'm thinking about a state of affairs with the investment in robots. We're right in the middle of World War Stupid. Um, but guess what? We take pause. Um, brief pause. We have to stay God-centered, right? Push out all the anxiety. And we're going to do that here. I'm going to bring Deb Jordan on. Before I do, I want to make a special announcement. Our top news headline is about John Brennan and his 12 secret spy camps out there in Ukraine. John Brennan, the same guy that let the 9-11 hijackers into the United States of America. <coughs> Excuse me. I didn't hit my cough button. I got my cough button. Stand by. Ready? There we go. Um, this is what I want to do. Uh, now, now, we are an accredited, now, accredited uh, IBO, independent business um, owner. We are. Deb Jordan and I are going to be introducing our uh, viewing audience, our fellow Americans, and we want to go to 3,143 counties, of course, and we want to give everyone the opportunity to get rid of, and I'm saying this is an activist movement right now. We are revolting against the medical industrial complex. If you have regular, you know, I'm going to pick on Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you're paying way too much for your prescription drugs. You're paying way too much for your health insurance. How do I know this? I'm going to prove it to you. You can go to impactmyhealthshare.com. Enter your information to get a free quote. That is our uh, way to get you started down the path of learning about Impact HealthShare. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. So um, I want everybody to get a free quote. Now, by doing that, you're going to receive an invite to learn more. You're going to receive a special invite where... Uh, there will be a presentation that will blow you away. Um, Nathan, um, our uh, very own Nathan, he's one of our employees. He's got a job that he does, you know, out of his home office, but that company provides uh, health insurance. And he found out that he was paying, I think, three times as much. And he's looked into this and he's since picked up the phone and contacted him. He's just blown away by how much of a savings there is. Why? Because they're nonprofit. It's health sharing. And it's a different concept. Um, Impactmyhealthshare.com. Save as much as 30 to 70% uh, on your health care costs. Get a free quote. Prescription drugs. Uh, Ashley said, oh, I, you know, she's, Ashley's got all kinds of ailments. She's got asthma and all this other stuff. She's got medication. And where she's spending 38 to $60 for a particular medication, uh, the prescription, same prescription drug, a buck something, okay? Why? Because they're nonprofit and you get it at cost, your prescription drugs. If you're old enough to be on Medicare, uh, you can get supplemental and get really uh, cheap prescription drugs as well. There's a way to do that. And you, What? I'm out of sync. I don't know what that means. Audio and video is not matching up. Yeah, well, we're going to try to get that squared away. We will. Um, something happened with our system. We'll get that fixed. 
go to, as a matter of fact, here, ladies and gentlemen, go to impactmyhealthshare.com. See, you can't even see if I'm in sync or not. Look, see, here he goes. Uh, go to impactmyhealthshare.com and pay no attention to my lips. All right. Looks and sounds good here, Pete. There you go. Fantastic. Deb Jordan. Yes. Ah! Now you've been calling me my that. My lovely all bride, <laughs> Deb Santilli. People my, in the chat are correcting My you. lovely bride. Good morning. I loved you for 10 years, haven't I? Well, I would think so. Where'd I park my boots? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Where have I parked my boots for over 10 years? Uh, Did I go down to the bar, hang out, and go, huh? No. No. It's, so it's not what you do. Yeah. yeah. Do I treat you? I, I, does your husband treat you well? He does. He does? Yeah. I woke you up this morning. What did I say to you? You said, oh, I love you so much. And good morning, sweetheart. That's not good what I said. Good morning. Mm -hmm. She was in a fog. <laughs> I said, I love you more today than I ever have. And I've yes. been with her for 10 years. That's true. Why did I say that? Because I was hungry and I wanted a sandwich. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You wanted me to get Deb up and make you some... Jeb, say hello to everybody and tell everyone what we're about to do. We're about to push play. All right. Okay. Yeah, on a we very are. important uh, segment with uh, who? Uh, with Pastor Dave Robbins. And um, I don't know if you're going to play it before the, the... Rico said, Deb, is Pete wearing your jacket? No, I bought that for him, though. It reminded me on of Timu. the 70s. On Timu. Yeah. Ah. Doesn't it remind you of the seventies? You it's could pay like, you could pay fifty bucks for this at a retailer that marked it up, uh -huh. uh, or you can go to our Timu link. Yeah. We actually receive a very small commission, but guess what? Yeah. How much we, did you pay for this? Six bucks. Six bucks, I think. Something Shop like, that. like a billionaire. And by the way, <laughs> do not send me text messages and emails about how Timu is uh, Chinese products because I'm going to tell, I'm going to reply back to you saying, go to Walmart then if you want to shop for any, any non-Chinese items. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told uh, Pete, I, uh, you know, because he, he gets emails or some people make comments every once in a while. And I was like, look, I, you know, I'd love to go to these people's houses that do this and go through their stuff and see how much stuff they have from, from China that they bought <laughs> There's nothing. At, at Walmart. You can't or, go anywhere. Yeah. Or even at your grocery store, right? Even at your grocery store, you're going to, I mean, your, your food, even some of your food. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's 70s. direct buy. It's hit or miss. I mean, sometimes you this order very something. And Deb bought well, this for I feel like I'm being Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, exactly. Look at I'm very, feeling very quilty today. Yeah. I got this at Timu for $6. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at it and I was like, wow, this reminds me of something that people would wear in the 70s, early 80s, right? The, remember the polyester jackets like that? I just thought they were, I, know. I thought Listen, it was funny. Every, actually everyone it. on our team is going to resist the temptation to drop our team a link, mm -hmm. okay? Drop our team a link. Uh, I want to get a small commission. Here's what the uh, what the objective is. Even, even the drugs you guys are taking, like your prescription medication. Ibuprofen, Lysol. All of that stuff. Right. Is, is there it goes. so I mean I, if you I smell an exit. 
if you can get a deal, then, you know, I don't know. It's up to y'all. It's it's all a matter it of... It is. Yeah. I, of, I, I shop like a billionaire, okay, without spending a billion. I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for this thing, all right? Right. So $6 is not a huge expense. Somebody Dollar said, I got a folding... Oh, somebody watching me said, I got a folding stock for one of his things he said is pretty good and and i think somebody i think the same person was saying earlier for one of my ars from timo yeah and 15 bucks yeah and I, and I think the same person was saying that they got night vision goggles that work great so okay here's how it works you ready go. if walmart orders shipping containers full of stuff and as it's sent to the united states guess what happens mm. when that shipment is over a certain dollar amount boom they get uh taxed right and then you have to pay for it at the, at the register. Mm -hmm. um, Timu, if you buy direct, you know, and skip the retailer, you don't pay five times the markup. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't care if anybody, as, 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 don't send me hate mail saying, oh, why are you selling Chinese products? Because you're buying Chinese products except five times as much as I am. Okay. <laughs> All yeah, right. and like I said, I mean, and, it's hit or we're miss. Gonna be, if we're going to be forced to buy Chinese products, I'm going to get it direct. Okay. It, it, it's hit or miss. Like sometimes you'll sometimes you'll order something that looks really good on the page, and then you, and and you get it, and it's oh. It's yeah, but you terrible. pay three dollars for it. If you right. don't like it, it's throw it in the trash. So right? what I've really found is like um, this shirt that I have on right now. I got I got it Timu. I probably paid I think like five bucks for it or yeah. or less, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, you got to be careful about the uh, the sizes and things like that, right? Really look at the reviews on it and look deep, right? We should have learned our lesson with Amazon. Amazon has all cheap Chinese stuff. Sorry. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so, um, but even your Tylenol, Somebody... your ibuprofen, all of your stuff is coming from China anyway. Yeah. And, and, you know, at this point, we're just looking for... Uh, a lot better deal. Okay, there are up. no, uh, we buy American when we see it Wherever and when we can. we can find it. Whenever we can. But, uh, I make an effort, not. I make an effort not to buy products made in China, says mm -hmm. Cali 7300. Yep. Unless I have no choice. Well, guess what? If you need a new pair of boots, okay? Hey guys, check this out. You want some combat boots to go thrash around in the backyard? 15 bucks at TMO, 15 to 20 dollars. All right, mm. and Callie eats my boots, <laughs> she does. so you know, I'm not gonna go spend a lot of money. And plus, you guys keep me on poverty wages. I got some really great, we can't afford to be shopping American. I got some really great little, um, little tennis shoes that I really liked from TMO. You liked them, too. You were like, wow, those are nice. You know what? I bought, remember, I got just, a, I, uh, a manicure kit, a nail, nail clipping kit, mm -hmm. and I paid $3 for it. I would have spent at least 25 to 30 bucks for that entire kit. Mm -hmm. Period. I paid $3. And it's a nice one, too. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Nail That's clippers. How we do it. And if you right. use, if you use uh, our link, right, it, it helps us out. So there we go. Yep. I'm all about it. We need medicine Sorry. made in the USA. That's, you know, we unfortunately. We do. We really do. But, yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. But um, 
China China is making all of our medicine and mm-hmm. all of those things. I mean, there's, so there's and nobody should be sending me. Do not send me <laughs> messaging about. They're going to. Oh my goodness, you're selling Timo and they're Chinese. Okay, well, you tell me where you can go shopping today, where you're not going to go buy something <laughs> made in China. Bill Tennis just gave us ten bucks and said, "Buy Callie her own boots to chew." I swear. Oh, trust me. <laughs> she grabs her own. Yes. Thank you so much for that. All right. We're going to go to. We love you guys. Pastor, Thanks, everybody. Pastor uh, Dave Robbins. Epic. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about. The Are you going to play that Harari thing? Not right at this second. We're going to go to Pastor Dave Robbins first. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you, it would be a great segue into it, but that's good. It would be a great segue into it? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. You want me to play that first then? If it's if it's ready, if it isn't, then yeah, you, you don't have to. Huh? I said if it's if it's not ready, you don't have to. Uh, downloads incoming, is that right? Let's see, where's? I just think for everybody to get Noah? the feel of what's getting ready to happen to us here, people really, really, I mean, buying stuff from China from Timo is the least of our worries. I am not kidding you guys. I I really do believe that this Yuval Harari, Pete is an antichrist he is he's from europe and he is everything that you would think an antichrist would be it it is him and elon musk they're out there promising everybody the same thing the serpent promised eve in the garden of eden right you could live forever new religions you know more than god all you got to do is eat of this and you will have all the knowledge the same as God does. And and I got to tell you, it's uh, Clay Clark put this out on his Twitter page. And I and I got well, I listened to it and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is. This guy is really going uh, for it. He's really going for it. He's talking about replacing religion, religions with techno or our religions, the major religions from the Middle East. Right. Replacing those religions with techno religions, and he says, technology religions are are the future, and it's what's going to happen, and we're not going to we're not going to be able to stop it, and the major religions are going to die, and they're going to die off, and these techno religions that that own your body and your brains will be the new religion, and because you, he said you have to start thinking about what people are going to do when they no longer when they no longer um, contribute to the economy. I, I I was just I sat there I was just totally shocked by what he said when you can no longer contribute to the economy, which he means. When you're not, when you can't work anymore or you are disabled, right? All right, Deb, uh, before I'm waiting for it to copy over, there's a big file that's transferring right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will you do me a huge favor? Yeah. Just help me emphasize this point. Yes. We are, we're not just sending you off to a quote unquote sponsor, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not happening that way. Um, We are actually all set up. Uh, were accredited mm-hmm. uh, as an impact health sharing representative. 
and we're going to be educating people. Yes. And it's a process. Now, listen, if I said, all right, everybody, re replace all the two-by-fours in your house, you know, you're going to be like, oh, mm -hmm. hold on a second. What, what are you going to replace it with? Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure you don't just pull the plug on your insurance just because Pete Santilli said so. This is a no-brainer, and the way to figure out that it's a no-brainer is to attend a brief little webinar, an education webinar. That mm -hmm. it's uh, by the time you're done. Actually, Nathan knew about it, and I told him about HealthShare. He's like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Just attend this thing." By the time they were done, he was blown away, blown away. This is Nathan. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to bring him on as a testimonial. Yeah, he literally Good picked idea. up the phone and called his health insurance company and said, how the hell can I get out of this $1,500 a month thing? Because I want to get my stuff, my family knocked down to three or $400 a month. Mm -hmm. um, so go get a quote and then we'll send you an invite to learn more. It is undoubtedly, it's a no brainer. All right. Save mm -hmm. as much as 30 to 70%. Now, if you, if you don't have insurance, guess what? You're a perfect candidate because now you can afford it. It's a yeah. health it's, yeah. it's impactmyhealthshare.com. Go there, get a quote, and by doing that, I'll send you an invite, and I will likely be on the presentation. My, I'll, I'll be on the presentation, if not doing it uh, myself. Wait till you see it. It's going to be amazing. All right. Mm -hmm. Here is Noah Yuval Harari's video just came over. All right. It's wild. Okay. So here we go. You ready? Mm -hmm. Ready. I'm going to play it. Thank you, Clay Clark. Mm-hmm. Clay Clark put this up, put this together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Than they are from the Middle East or from Afghanistan or Syria or any of these places. The main products will not be textiles and vehicles and things like that. They will be bodies and brains and minds. The main products of the 21st century are likely to be bodies and brains and minds. You don't have any answer in the Bible what to do when humans are no longer useful to the economy. You need completely new ideologies, completely new religions, and they are likely to emerge from Silicon Valley or from Bangalore and not from uh, uh, the Middle East. And they are likely to, pro to give people visions based on technology. Everything that the old religions promised, uh, happiness and justice and even eternal life, but here on earth with the help of technology and not after death with the help of some supernatural being. Yeah, I think the future belongs to techno-religions. I mean, the big religions, the important religions of the 21st century are more likely to emerge from Silicon Valley than they are from the Middle East or from Afghanistan or Syria or any of these places. The main products will not be textiles and vehicles and things like that. They will be bodies and brains and minds. The main products of the 21st century are likely to be bodies and brains and minds. You don't have any answer in the Bible what to do when humans are no longer useful to the economy. You need completely new ideologies, completely new religions, and they are likely to emerge from Silicon Valley or from Bangalore and not from uh, uh, the Middle East. And they are likely to, pro to give people visions based on technology. Everything that the old religions promised, 
happiness and justice and even eternal life, but here on earth with the help of technology and not after death with the help of some supernatural being. Yeah, I think the future Playing belongs to techno-religion. Yeah, wow. I told you. Techno-religion. No, no such shocking? thing. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to uh, the real religion, all right? And by the way... Uh, mm. You're, you're going to find out just how important this book is to me right here. This this is really, uh, we're not predicting stuff, by the way. Like some people say, oh, I don't like end times prophecy. You know, okay. okay. Well, I, neither do I. I don't like hocus pocus crap either. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I do love is the Holy Scriptures. And it is written in the Holy Scriptures that certain things will happen, Right. Mm -hmm. And when they do happen, then you need to understand where we are in the timeline. Right. Including right? false prophets. Including false prophets. That's right. Like Harari. Oh, my and goodness. Yes. It, it, somebody so, pointed out he may just be the precursor of the false prophet. I'm going to give an example. I'm going to give an example. Just one example of a timeline event. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is said, right, uh, that a peace deal that comes between... Uh, the Palestinians and the Israelis, right? Mm -hmm. When that comes, it is very specific as to what happens seven years thereafter, okay? So when the whole world rejoices and the guy sets himself on fire, you know, free the Palestinians and do all that stuff. They're still and out there now, glorifying now guess that what? guy. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to use that and they're going to say, oh, look at the people have spoken. There's a peace deal. And I'm going to tell you something right now. The, the Bible does not mention anything about peace coming after a peace deal is struck between Israel and Palestine, period. That right. is the beginning of the path towards Armageddon. Mm -hmm. All right. Halfway through, right, the abomination of desolation takes place and what are we to do i'm actually i've already volunteered you're going to hear me say it to pastor dave robbins i want deb and i to go door to door to tell the israelis to flee hmm. we have an obligation uh and i want to meet with them uh while everybody takes a knee when he comes and there will be no question that their messiah you know was our messiah originally and we're gonna i'm gonna be there next to our beloved Jews who, you know, love their Messiah, of course, right? They will. And I'm going to they will. They will love their Messiah. And I'm just going to ask them to just apologize real quick, you know, for what they <laughs> did to him, right? They will. And uh, they will apologize to him. And this isn't a, a disparaging towards the Israelis. It's going to be the most unifying moment between the Christians and the Jews, settling a long dispute, right? 2,000 years old, right? Almost mm -hmm. 2,000 years old. Um, something is coming uh, right before Passover. And this is coming from the Jews. The Jews, uh, in order to build the third temple and to enter the, tur the, the third temple, they must be, they must go through a purification process. There's a step. And it's very, very specific. It's called the law of the red heifer. 
that red heifer must be sacrificed as part of that purification. They can't even go in and build the third temple mm-hmm. without having gone through that purification process. Well, for the first time in 2,200 years, that red heifer will be sacrificed here right before Passover in just about a month and a half. So are we in the end times? You know, uh, let's take a look at two things right now. The sacrifice of the red heifer and the building of the third temple is for what purpose? Uh, The sacrificing of the red heifer is going to take place at the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus Christ is to return. The Jews are going to initiate this process for the return of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. for the first time, they think, their Messiah, right? Um, let's listen to Pastor Dave Robbins' epic, and then we'll come back. We'll cover news. Let's get right with God right now. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me, and I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. says his fury will come up in his face and he will come down and the Bible says he will fight as he did in the day of battle. So he's going to come back and fight on behalf of Israel. Well, when he, all the Jews know the Old Testament prophecies about that the Messiah will come as a conquering king. Well, that's exactly what Jesus Christ is going to do. He's going to come the second time as a conquering king, not as a suffering servant. He's going to come back, plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. And in the book of Zechariah, it says that the Jews will come out to meet their Messiah and they're going to recognize the scars in his hands. And the Bible says, they're going to say, where'd you get those scars? And he's going to say, these are those with which I got in the house of my friends. And they're going to recognize, Pete, that Jesus Christ was in fact the Messiah. And in Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, the Bible says, when the fullness of the Gentiles become in, that all of Israel will be saved at that point. All of the Jews that have made it through the Battle of Armageddon and the Great Tribulation and all of the the different the Holocaust and everything, the second Jewish Holocaust, the Bible says that all of Israel will be saved at that point. And so they're going to recognize him as the Messiah right there at the at the time of the really the worst time ever. It looks like they're going to be wiped off the face of the planet. Jesus is going to come back and they're going to recognize him as the Messiah. forward to this conversation for a few days now what it's been a couple of days actually just uh, yeah. uh came together a couple days ago yep. uh, but since then and i was telling uh pastor dave robbins uh anton.com uh, he actually he baptized me i'm gonna go get baptized again i've told him that i'm gonna go back to the jordan river yeah. uh, hopefully i'll be able to go back with him 
Um, yep. But the past couple of days, just so just thinking out loud, uh, my soul is kind of unsettled. So many things, not just happening in the world. It's not just news events and information flow. Yeah. Uh, there is something not right here on planet Earth right. spiritually. Uh, we've got sure. converging forces. We've got evil forces, Pastor Dave. Welcome back, by the way. No, we we know friend. this. Uh, you know, I was looking into, let me tell you where this came from, sir, and then you can just take a, take me, you know, where, you know, I'm your yeah. humble student. Take me where sure. I need to understand what's going on. You know, I was looking into, you know, the third temple. The mm -hmm. uh, Obviously, it's, it's made it out into the public now that uh, uh, the red heifer. I was looking into the law of the red heifer mm -hmm. and how biblical prophecy relates to that. But really, there's no timeline. Uh, for the red heifer, but there is the law of the red heifer. Now, what initiates that is at a certain point in time when Satan, Satan, the best way I can describe what I've interpreted, uh, once he's overstepped his boundaries, he's just gone way above and beyond, and the time has come. So before they can enter the, uh, the, the third temple and prepare, right. obviously, for the coming of the Antichrist and, and of course, uh, uh, the coming of the, you know, our Lord and Savior, yeah. uh, that they must be purified. So the law Correct. of the red heifer is a, a preparatory step, a purifying step. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so with that in mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, there, there are things that are happening. Obviously, the Temple Institute has been preparing um, uh, for a long time, but, yes. uh, uh, very, very precisely from the Ark of the Covenant to. Uh, all of those items and, and the exact mm -hmm. uh, measurements of the third temple. It'll take a while yes. to build that, but that preparation has been in effect. But I, I feel that just going towards that, you feel Satan coming on really, really strong. And I mean sure. really strong. Everything is upside down in the world. Mm -hmm. um, the red heifer and then going into Passover. And although I look forward to, you know, I mean, I'm okay with the end times, right? I know, yeah. I know where we're going, right? And I'm okay with that. But even still, it's just an unsettling feeling in my soul. Yeah. Is that, yeah. is that uh, something I'm in tune with? That uh, I mean, do you do you feel that there's something unsettling here? Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I wouldn't call it fear, and no. I know that you don't either. But I mean, no. just so your audience knows, I, I don't. I'm not afraid. Not afraid of the end time. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Mm -hmm. So any true Christian in these end times, the Bible says in Daniel 11, 32 and 33, that during the time of the Antichrist, when it's going to be at its worst, that they that do know their God shall be strong to exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So true Christians, the church of Jesus Christ, has a job to do in the end time and that is to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to this entire world. Jesus said that would happen in Matthew chapter 24. He said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached until the whole world, and then the end would come. So the church has a job in the end time. However, Satan is going to be working his wiles and doing what he's trying to do and building his kingdom. Because we're really, like you said, there's something happening in the spiritual world here. It is a spiritual battle. That's what we face every day as the church versus Satan. Politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. He's trying to establish a world governing body here on the earth. I can prove that scripturally. 
the church is God's method of ruling the world. And so that's what we're, that's what you're feeling the tug of war. We can talk about politics. We can talk about war. We can talk about the border. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But at the end of the day, it's Satan, the God of this world, who is fighting against God Almighty, who is coming back to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Satan knows he has a short time left, and that's what he's endeavoring to do. Revelation 13 is, is really God revealing Satan's end time master plan in the end time. A world government, a world religion, oh, yeah. and a mark of the beast system, an economic sanctioning system. So every major news story on the planet, Pete, is pretty much has to do with a, a prophecy in one way or another, because these are the main things that God told us would happen in the end time. That's what we're seeing playing out right before our very eyes. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and, and we know, uh, you know, evil exists, Satan exists. We've got evil forces here, but it seems like there's a perfect storm and a convergence, convergence of all of them. You know, yep. for me, uh, you know, knowing about the uh, ceremony, the sacrifice of the red heifer and the preparation for the third temple doing that. Uh, and then obviously October 7th, I talked to uh, Byron uh, Stinson. Yes. Uh, he told me that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what we believe. It it matters what they believe and how they were responding and what their justification was uh, to stop the, you know, the third temple from being built. So there are those forces that are taking place. And then I find out they want to declare a Palestinian state just out of the blue, just to declare. And then you get not Joe Biden, by the way. Uh, we cannot consider that the man that is doing things is the Joe Biden that has Alzheimer's is very smart people behind him. Oh, yeah. And, and it's not Joe Biden that's making mistakes. This is very deliberate. And it seems as though they're almost reverse engineering the book of Revelations. Like, yeah. how can we get to that point? Seems like they're yeah. pushing for that. Are they yeah, not? That's, that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. And the thing is, the Bible actually prophesies that Israel and the Palestinians will sign onto a two-state solution in the very near future. They'll sign a peace agreement, the Israelis and the Palestinians. And it's a prophecy. It's one of the most recognizable prophecies once it happens. If you understand Bible prophecy, it'll be one of the most recognizable prophecies to those that understand because the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians that has the five biblical characteristics with it that will be the one that starts the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's The Bible lays this out very clearly uh, in Daniel 9.27. It talks about a, um, actually Daniel 9.24 through 27, lays out a 490-year period um, and a 490-year prophecy. 483 of those years have already taken place. That ended with the uh, coming of the Messiah. And then there's gaps in between those 483-year periods. There's two gaps. Well, now we're living in about a 2,000-year gap. There is seven years left. There's a final seven-year period coming. Most prophecy teachers would refer to that as Daniel's 70 weeks, 70th week, I'm sorry. And so that's a final seven-year period that's coming. And the, the event that starts that final seven years is this peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians and then that, that sets many things um, into play and many events that will take place as a result of that. So that's one of the things we're watching. I know that they're trying to get Israel, Israel, they've been trying for decades, Pete, to get Israelis and the Palestinians to sign a peace agreement. 
but they never would. The, the, it, they both had veto power. If they didn't like what they were getting, they'd get up, walk away from the negotiating table, and, the, and it was over with. Nobody could do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But the people, there are people now that are trying to take away that veto power so they can impose a two-state solution on them. The Bible says in Daniel 9.27 that the Antichrist will confirm the covenant with many for a seven-year period. And so this, we're getting ready to watch this happening. That's the agreements that they're talking about. Um, if they get one signed between the two of them, and it has the five biblical characteristics that go along with it, that'll be the one that starts the final seven years of the Battle of Armageddon. And that's uh, End Time Ministries is going to have a huge role to play in all of that because Jesus said when you see the abomination of desolation occur, it's an event that will happen halfway through that final seven-year period. That's when the Antichrist will stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple proclaiming to be God. Jesus said, when you see that event occur, let them which be in Judea flee. Well, Judea is the modern-day West Bank. And so he said, flee into the mountains. So they're going to flee into Israel proper, the pre-1967 borders. And Jesus said, because why should they do that? Because he said then, in verse 21 of Matthew 24, then will be great tribulation. The greatest time of persecution the world has ever known or ever will know. There's another Jewish Holocaust coming, Pete, and it's just ahead of us now. And when when that happens, End Time Ministries is, will have been warning them all through the first three and one half years. When the final seven years starts, we're going to mail a magazine to every home in Israel, mm-hmm. letting them know what the Bible says, what's coming. You guys are going to have to flee. And then three years into that, we're going to do a door knocking campaign and we're going to be sending emails, email blasts and things into every home in the West Bank saying, you guys are going to have to flee. The Bible says many of them will flee, but a lot of them won't. And the ones that stay, Pete, I'm afraid to say that they're going to be, there's going to be a mass slaughter out there. Mm. And the Bible, J- Jesus was very specific about this in Matthew 24. And so th- when you talk about something happened in the spirit world and you kind of, you, you know, you're kind of unsettled, well, it's because we're getting ready to enter into this time. Oh, yeah. However, I'm unsettled because I know that there are people, the second coming of Jesus Christ is coming before very long, and I know that there are many people that have not made themselves ready. That's the thing that unsettles me. Mm-hmm. I know there are some apocalyptic times coming and things like that, but I'm on a mission. I mean, I've got a one-track mind. I'm as focused as you can get on teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world. Because Pete, that's our only ticket out of here. You can't have enough money. You, you're not. You can't be famous enough. You Nothing. can't have the, the best education. The only thing to get you out of here is to be born again. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world because there's only one ticket out of here, and that's if an individual has been born again. So that's the message we preach. End time ministries preaches the gospel of the kingdom of God to the entire world because the end time is now. And it's given me a it's given everybody here a sense of urgency. Um, and I, you know, you've heard about these books that happened back in, um, you know, 88 reasons why God would come back in 88, things like that. Mm-hmm. And that turned a lot of people off right. to prophecy teachings. But the fact of the matter is, is that those guys did not understand the prophecies like we can now. Yeah. There are many things have happened since then right. that have really helped us to really um to really be able to understand these things in great detail. Mm-hmm. Now here we are, and Pete, things aren't happening every six, eight, ten years. They're happening simultaneously. World right. government, world religion, precursors of the mark of the beast, this uh, the red heifer situation, the peace agreement, World War Three, 
it's like they're all happening at the same time. And I'm sitting here as a prophecy teacher going, oh my goodness, this stuff is happening so fast. I've got a team of people here and it's still hard for us to keep up with everything. So I think that's what you're feeling here. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually. Yeah. Cause I, I want to, obviously we want to do as much as we can to get, to get everybody ready for what's coming. Yes. And I have zero fear of it, but there's a lot of people that just, they, they just don't know. I mean, I, I didn't know just, uh, it was, you know, relatively short, you know, period of time, you know, because in my late forties, I started, you know, reading the Bible. I've been a Roman Catholic, but you know, here's, here's something that I want to, I want to highlight is that, you know, decades in the making, you know, with the support of the U S government and the Muslim brotherhood and those like Obama that were behind it decades, tens of billions of dollars funneling to Hamas building their infrastructure, doing everything to set the stage for what happened up to October 7th. And then, yes. and then we had this current regime now that after supporting Hamas, then almost tying their hands and Netanyahu and the government. Okay. Yeah. But our government, here's my question to you. Our government, um, not that Israel is a theocracy, but you know, their religious existence. They know exactly why Israel is what Israel is. So Netanyahu operates, you know, his policies completely different than ours. So Absolutely. how could they ever expect um, that, 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 that by tying Israel's hands like that is not going to have biblical implications in the Middle East up against their adversaries. They must defeat that enemy that set out to destroy them. Why would we set them up for failure in that fashion? Yeah, because Joe Biden, right along with Obama and the Clintons and the Bushes, all of them were globalists. They believe in a one world, God, one world body, one world governing body. So at the end of the day, if they err, they're going to err on the side of landing on the side of the world government and the international community. Joe Biden may say, oh, I'm pro-Israel. But if it comes right down to it, he's Joe Biden, a globalist, is going to be on the side of the world government. He's always been pro-world government. That's what the Penn-Biden Center is all about. That's what um, the Obama-Biden administration is what got the, the Resolution 2334 passed, which says that Israel's occupation in eastern Jerusalem and the West Bank that is that is illegal in the eyes of the international community. And so what we're seeing here is that the international community sees the solution between the Israelis and the Palestinians as only a two-state solution. Two states, Israel and the Palestinians living side by side. And with obviously, they many would say a demilitarized Palestinian state and different things. But the fact of the matter is, is that Joe Biden believes in the international community solution as a two-state solution. So what he's doing here, he is seeing an opportunity to basically force Netanyahu to sign a deal. Hey, we're then if you don't want to do this, then we can't help you. And we're going to cut funding and all this other stuff. And you know, don't go in and into Rafa in south in southern Gaza and just completely wipe out Hamas. Like you say, why would why would Netanyahu or why would uh, Biden tie his hands at this most critical juncture Yes, because they're trying to force them into this two-state solution situation. Blinken has been over there and said, hey, if you'll sign this two-state solution, we can almost guarantee that we'll bring 
Abraham Accord, the, the um, Saudi Arabia, and many other nations into the Abraham Accords and sign normalization agreements with you. I mean, they're laying everything out here on the table for them. And so that's what they're trying to do. Joe Biden is a globalist. He's a, he believes in a world government. And at the end of the day, he will stand with the world government against Israel. Now, in the end time, though, I know that the United States is going to be standing with Israel and protecting her against the world government in the end time. That's laid out very clearly in Scripture. Revelation 12, 14. Israel is carried away on the wings of a great eagle, where she is nursed in her place for time, times, and after time, during the end time. So I know we're going to be standing with her, but Joe Biden, again, Resolution 2334, that's a perfect um, example of how Joe Biden has always been uh, a, a globalist. He's always going to stand on the side of the globalist, the world governing body, and that's what you're seeing playing out right now in the news. He's actually, get this, Pete, and I know you already know this, but in lifting sanctions off of Iran, he is actually allowing billions and billions of dollars to flow into the coffers of Iran, and they're using that money to fund Hamas, Hezbollah, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the Houthis down in Yemen. That's what they're doing. So Joe Biden can, can is talking the talk, but he's not walking the walk with Israel and I believe there's there's a great shaking coming, and I believe it's going to be World War III. Yeah, and by the way, uh, again, let's just do a quick review. We've talked about yeah. the theocracy of Iran. Uh, mm -hmm. When you lift, uh, as Hillary Clinton did, the terror designation of Mujahideen al khalq that's al-Qaeda in Tehran, they are a theocracy. You give them billions of dollars, you lift the sanctions, you allow them to uh, uh, flow money to Mujahideen al khalq and, of course, Hezbollah, right? Mm -hmm. sure. What are they going to do with that money? They're going to apply it towards their end-time scenario and the yeah. coming of their Mahdi, correct? Period. That's I mean, exactly right. They don't operate any other way, do they? No, they're religiously bound to destroy Israel and yes. to destroy the United States. And we're that's fueling why they've it. Been, that's, when, they, when October 7th kicked off, Iran started bombing our military installations in Syria and Iraq because they're religiously bound. And they've indoctrinated all these terrorist proxies to do just that. That's my, what's really going on here. My question to you, they don't speak of it out in the open, but if you're the Central Intelligence Agency, they know these other countries and how they operate. What type yeah. of governance are they? Are they a dictatorship? Do they have democracy? They've right. got profiles. You have to know exactly why they exist and how yeah. their theocracy operates. So we have been fueling exactly what they're setting out to do in the destruction of Israel, A, and then destabilizing the Netanyahu government that will stop at nothing to, to, you know, for its own survival, Israel has to eradicate Hezbollah and Hamas, yes? But we're fueling the other side, are we not? I mean, I hate to yes. pick on the U.S., but it's true. It's what they're well, doing. I think, Pete, that you're not picking on the U.S. I think you're picking on the Biden administration, which is where the fingers need to be pointed. Because I, I, I have, I've got so many friends around the country that are 110% pro-Israel. Politicians, um, there, there, there are many politicians in Washington that are pro-Israel. But when it comes to Joe Biden and the establishment in the deep state, I know you know that who that is very well, that they are anti-Israel, pro-world government. I'm talking about socialist and, and communist in our government that you, you would refer to the establishment and the deep state 
They, these guys are globalists, Pete. They believe in a world governing body. So they want to uh, control Israel because Israel will not comply with the edicts of the world governing body. So they want to force them into this two-state solution because Netanyahu is, has just completely rejected it out of hand for years. And so they want to force them into this. So that's why Biden is seeing an opportunity here to force Israel's hand. Ehud Barak, one of the former prime ministers of Israel, just uh, published an article the other day. I think it was in the Jewish News Syndicate where he said, hey, we need to hold elections before June because it, there are politicians who are willing to sign this two-state solution. We need to get Netanyahu and Smotrich and Ben Gavir. We need to get them out of office, get rid of Netanyahu, and let's get somebody in there who will vote in, vote for, and sign this two-state solution. I know it's coming scripturally, but I'm also seeing it playing out in the news every day because I follow Israel news. I, that's, where I, that's the first news I go to, Israeli news. And so I know what's going on in the Middle East, and that's what Joe Biden is doing. Joe Biden is airing because the United Nations, the international community, very, very anti-Semitic. Joe Biden is a globalist. He can say, oh, I'm best buddies with Netanyahu, but then turn around and stab him in the back. So when you say pointing fingers at the United States, I think you're really pointing fingers at the Biden administration and the Obama administration, because the Biden administration really is the third term of Obama. That's really what we're looking at here. Oh, Joe yeah. Biden or um, Donald Trump came in and tried to unravel a lot of this stuff. He moved the embassy, the United States embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He done a lot of things that should have been done years ago under the Clinton and the Bushes. But oh, they were globalists as well. And so now you're kind of getting the big picture on what's really going on in the Middle East. It's this because Pete, just like we have an establishment and a deep state here in the United States, there is a global establishment and a global deep state. All we have here in the United States is just one arm of that giant octopus. And that's what's really you're seeing going on. Joe Biden is just one little uh, tentacle on that big octopus. Yeah. No, and you cannot say that because Joe Biden doesn't have the mental acuity to be dealing with this, that you know it's because of his Alzheimer's that these policies exist, period. Right. Here's my thing. I want if you can restate what I'm about to say, uh, it'll confirm with me that I've got this right. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll use an analogy. You know, uh, if you had an adversary in war, I mean, they're at war, they're warring factions, yeah. um, but you supplied your adversary with tanks, guns, armaments, nukes, yeah. and money, um, and then say, you know, we're going to have peace through that effort. Now, let me ask you something. Can peace, is it not a biblical fact that if you were to analyze the adversary here, that that a peace agreement will never, ever, ever result in peace? A peace agreement is, will result in the exact opposite. Is that is that correct? That's absolutely correct. When they sign the two-state solution, it will allow Israel to build their third temple. The Bible says that, that the Temple Mount is going to be placed under a sharing arrangement. That's Revelation 11, 1 and 2. Israel is going to be allow, allowed to build her third synagogue, they call it. We call it a temple. They call it a synagogue. And they're going to be allowed to build that up on the Temple Mount. There, there was just recently a guy who proposed sharing the Temple Mount with the Muslims and the Jews. That's exactly what's going to happen. But it's never going to bring a true peace. I mean, after this October 7th, uh, event happened, 
since then, there has been a 350% increase in violence out in the West Bank. It's never going to stop. There's never going to be peace. It's going to be a, a fake peace. They'll sign an agreement just to get there, to get what the Palestinians want. And that's to take up as much of the Israeli land that they can, because really the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, was about liberating the region of Palestine for, with the Jews, getting them out of there, destroying them, eradicating them. So that is still on the mind of the Palestinians today. I should say the Palestinian government. I have Palestinian friends that don't want to do that. They're very nice. I go to tour there every year, and we go down into Bethlehem. I've got Palestinian friends. It's not the people boots on the ground. Not all of them. There are radical ones. But the governments, those are the things that keep everything stirred up. But there's never going to be a true peace. They're always going to be trying to destroy Israel. And the Bible says when the abomination of desolation occurs, when the Antichrist stands on the temple, Jesus specifically warned those that they signed this agreement with. He warned them to flee because then it's going to be the greatest time of persecution the world's ever known. So, th no, there's never going to be a peace it's going to be false. They're going to act like, oh, yeah, we're going into a peace agreement. But it's going to be an absolute falsehood. Yeah, sir, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I don't want, I think it's a significant event. I do believe so because of what uh, Satan is doing in this convergence, this perfect storm of all things headed towards, you know, the destruction of, uh, of Israel. But the Mount of Olives is mm -hmm. that place. But it's adjacent to the... The, the holy center of the city, obviously. Yeah. But the Mount of Olives is, is that's the place, uh, two, two things, I understand this correctly, uh, where the, the red heifer will be sacrificed, first time in 2,200 yes. years. Yes. Uh, significant event, you can't dismiss it. Um, sure, no, absolutely. But, but that Mount of Olives is where, uh, where Jesus will return, correct? Is yes. That, that is the place where he will return, Yes. ultimately. Yeah. Uh, Zechariah chapter 14, tells okay. us that he will come back and plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. That's where, in Acts chapter 1, that's where he left from. Mm -hmm. His disciples, he was talking to his disciples, and the Bible says he left, he was caught up, and they, they watched him go. That was on the Mount of Olives, and that's also where he's coming back to. That's Zechariah chapter 14. So that is correct. Also, that is where the red heifer, uh, now, I, this is kind of, you know, I don't know if Byron's broadcasting this. I know they've done interviews and things in Washington, which I'm getting ready to publish in my next magazine, but they did an interview stating that they, I think it was the first time it was ever made public, that they own property. There's a rabbi that got with a Palestinian family and bought property up there on the Mount of Olives overlooking the, the Temple Mount, and that's where they're going to sacrifice that red heifer. And Byron Stinson, he actually invited me to be there uh originally and then when i just talked to him a couple of weeks ago he said dave he said honestly because of what's going on in gaza the uprising and violence in the in the west bank and things which the west bank comes all the way into the mount of olives if you understand how it's all structured mm -hmm. you got the temple mount the kidron valley right. and then the mount of olives and just on the back side of the mount of olives that's the west bank so that those the violence has come all the way up into some of jerusalem Mm -hmm. And so Byron said, because of the dicey situation there and the fact that the family that sold them the property up on the Mount of Olives, that if the Arabs around there found out that they did that, they could be put to death for that because they sold it to a Jewish family. When they bought that property, they had to move 
the moms and dads, the grandparents, the nephews, anybody related to that group family and put them in a protective region because they can be put to death for, for having done that. So the, they bought this property and that's where they're going to, to sacrifice this purification sacrifice of this red heifer. And they're planning on doing that on Passover, which is in April here, just a couple months away. And, and I mean, Pete, this stuff is coming at us so fast yes. right now. It's really amazing. I, and, and like I say, everything's happened simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, this is happening. And then in 10, 15 years, this is happening. Everything's happening all at the same time. And uh, I, I'm watching this. So, you know, yeah, very significant. The red pepper you know, and the Mount of Olives. It, it all comes into play. You know what I love? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Pastor Baxter was the one when I started learning of yeah. the, you know, through the book of Revelation. Uh, because prior to that, I had so many people. Uh, what was the term about 8088? Uh, yeah, there's Christian a guy that him. wrote a book back in 1988, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come in 88. In 88, right. A lot of people now, making yeah. predictions and stuff like that. But you know what I've, I've learned to do uh, yeah. is to not make predictions, but to understand what was written in the Holy Scriptures That's right? good. and the messaging. So, I, And I had a discussion with Deb. And yeah. we were talking about the significance of the red heifer. I needed to find out more of the law of the red heifer, why that happens. Yeah. And that purification process it has mm-hmm. nothing to do. Uh, there was nothing written that said at this time, the red heifer will be sacrificed. That's right. not how it's done. But the right. process by which those that enter the third temple, they mm-hmm. cannot enter the third temple without having been purified. Period. So, so this tells me that this is a preparatory work. For those that plan to enter the third temple. That's exactly right. And and that's not a prediction. That That is no. biblically, when you take a look at the timeline and the sequence of events, yep. all we can do is look at it and say, oh, my goodness, we have a peace agreement. Now it's Where is that in the timeline, right? Yep. That's exactly right. And we're not making predictions, but everything is happening no. now. Yeah. So the, the thing is with the timeline, everybody needs to know is that. The peace agreement signed at the beginning of the final seven years. We're, we're staring at a peace agreement that's now there have been many peace agreements that have been proposed. None of them have ever, ever come to fruition. In the very near future, there is going to be one that comes to fruition because of all the prophecies, again, that are happening simultaneously. Once the peace agreement signed, the Bible tells us that they're going to build a third temple. So there's a final seven year period. In the first three and one half years of that final seven year period, they're going to build the third temple and sacrifices will be resumed. Now this is where your numbers 19 red heifer law comes into play. The Bible says that before any Jewish individual can go up and reinstitute the sacrifices and go into the third temple, that they must be purified. Any Jew who has come in contact with a dead body, walked by a graveyard, been to a funeral, been to a hospital. I mean, basically everybody, they believe all of Israel needs to be purified. So the Old Testament way to do that was under that they would bring it, they would kill a red heifer of the third year and that they would, and with some hyssop and some different things, but the red heifer is the main portion of it. And that they would, uh, they, they had the cedars from Lebanon, some different stuff all added in, but they would kill this red heifer, sprinkle it, put the ashes throughout the camp. Now this is Old Testament. And then they would be able to administer that to the people and purify the people with the ashes and mixed with the water and different things. So in the minds of the Jews that are still under the law, they believe that 
for them to reinstitute the sacrifices that are coming and to be able to, to do the rituals in the third temple that they have to have a red heifer. Well, they've been trying to get one. They haven't had a red heifer since the um, temple was destroyed in 70 AD for almost 2000 years now. So here we are in 2024. There's a world government being established, a world religion, precursor of the mark of the beast. World War III is getting ready to happen. It's being talked about more than any other time in my lifetime. And they, they're getting ready to sign a peace agreement, which will allow them to build the third temple. So that when they, they're getting ready to start implementing the sacrifices, what does Israel need to do that? Now, I've told everybody for years, Pete, that I don't care what happens. Israel's making some of this stuff up as they go along. Uh, because I've seen the blueprints for the third temple, and they're going to have USB ports and electricity and an elevator and all kinds of stuff in there. It's crazy. Mm. But they're making some of it up as they go along. However, they will need a red heifer. I've told people for years on my radio program and television program that I don't care if Israel has to spray paint one, they will have a red heifer when it comes time. Well, here we are. Now we have Byron Stinson, who found all these red heifers in Texas. He actually found 21 of them. But huh. Israel would only allow them to ship five over there as pets. Now they have, now, and one of them um, developed white and black hairs. So she was disqualified. They still, Pete, have four of them that are viable candidates for the sacrifice that they're going to do one of them in a couple months. And for somebody to say that we're not living in the end time, it's simply because they don't understand the prophecies of the Bible. You know, there is within the past uh, several hours, okay, they're now talking about the United States pressing for a Palestinian state. And you mentioned, you know, the, the Orthodox Jews joining with them, and they're doing crazy stuff there. That's just, you know, uh, I, I, it's just odd to me. It's, it's uh, that's unsettling yeah, yeah. just to know that's happening. But yeah, they're saying now the news report is that um, uh, Biden's Palestinian state push is an existential threat itself his push towards yeah. this and and it's under the guise of peace which we right. had just established no peace comes through that period no i mean no it, it, it will appear you, it'll appear interrupt. like there's peace we are ignoring who the other side is hey, that's exactly right correct that's why that's why they, they wrote the articles about it being an existential threat because those people want to annihilate. They do not want to allow Israel to have a place in the Middle East. The peace agreement to them will be a victory because they say, hey, we've taken over back right. what we lost in, 19, in the 1967 Six Days War. They're wanting to get most, the big vast majority of that back to take use East Jerusalem as their capital and to take over Gaza. Right. So you can imagine mm -hmm. every time the reason the Gaza situation has happened, Pete, is because Ariel Sharon gave them back Gaza, traded land for peace. He thought it was going to bring peace, but it didn't. Look at what it's got them now. Right. A Gaza, Gaza with Hamas in control. Right. Well, so now look at when they trade most of the West Bank for peace and create a two, a true two-state solution. It's it's Netanyahu has said we'll never do that because it's an existential threat. Uh, because they see that as they, if we went back to 1967 borders, if you understand, I wish I had a map here, but the, the 67 borders takes it back to where Israel at the waist, get this Pete, it would be nine miles wide. And that's why Netanyahu is constantly preaching 
that a two-state solution would be indefensible borders. Nine miles wide. Think about modern day uh, implements of war, jet planes. I mean, nine miles is nothing. A jet can fly across there and you didn't even see what happened. So it's indefensible borders. That's why Netanyahu is saying we can't go back to 67 borders. That's an existential threat for us. And so these are the things that are playing out in the news every day. And Joe Biden is 100% on board with this. He believes in the two-state solution. So, because again, because he's a globalist, I want everybody to recognize that. The, the number one issue in the 2024 presidential election is globalism versus nationalism. Will the next president, Joe Biden is selling up, is yielding our sovereignty. He is anti-Israel. Will the next president yield up our sovereignty to a world governing body and be a globalist? Or will he be a, an American first nationalist who does what's best for America and we voluntarily support other nations rather than through wealth, wealth redistribution. The COP28 meeting, the United Nations Conference, uh, climate conference that just happened uh, at the end of last year. We walked right in there and started um, pledging billions and billions of dollars to fight climate change, which is an absolute hoax, by the way, human-induced global warming which leads to climate change. But through wealth redistribution, Pete, they are siphoning off taxpayer money from the United States and giving it to the coffers of these despots around the world because there's no such thing as human-induced global warming of climate change. It's an absolute false narrative. I would like to see a president get in office that would be America first, get our economy screaming, drill, baby, drill. Let us export energy. Get, uh, get America in a, uh, a better financial position. And then if we elect to help nations, then we do it voluntarily. I do not want it done through wealth redistribution, which is socialism uh, and leading to communism. That's what we're seeing happening. So to me, the number one issue in the, in the coming 2024 election is globalism versus nationalism. If we got a nationalist in there who believes in America first, that would stop the problems of the border because he would come in and he would say, okay, uh, -uh America first, close the border. But when you've got a globalist in there, then he's going to say, oh, no, no borders. We're not going to protect our borders because I'm trying to comply with the edicts of the world government that says, hey, we've got a global compact on migration. And they want us to be the United Nations wants to be able to manage the migration of people around the world. And so a globalist would say, OK, I'm going to comply with that. Open the borders. When Joe Biden come into office, he recognized, or I'm sorry, when Donald Trump came into office, he recognized what was going on, and he said, no, this is an invasion, we're going to close the borders. And that's what he was doing. When, and so he, Donald Trump, his administration pulled us out of the Global Compact on Migration. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris pushed us back into, and they fully support the Global Compact on Migration. That's exactly why we have open borders now. And there are people coming in from just about every country in the planet. You can't even imagine. There are terrorists here, Pete, because of the open borders. So this is what we're seeing. The number one issue. This is what we need to be preaching. Globalism versus nationalism. That's the number one issue. You get that handled and get the right guy in there who's a nationalist, America first, and most of this stuff will go away.
Okay, not, not to make it sensational, uh, but we know if we refer uh, to uh, end times prophecy, that the yep. peace agreement that they're so pushing for, uh, yep. uh, that the, the, the two-state solution, um, yes. people should never accept that uh, with glee that there will be peace because it no. will be the exact opposite biblically and scripturally. It, it, yeah. That's exactly that, the way it is. Is that, is that without overblowing yeah. it, don't accept No, it's anti-Bible. Anti-Bible. So God, when, when God took, when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt with Moses, mm. brought them through the wilderness, he brings them to the promised land, and he said, when you go into this promised land, you inhabit the land, you possess the land, you drive out the heathen. And if you don't, then don't, and it's, it also says, don't sign any covenants with them. And it says, when, if you do that, there'll be thorns in your eyes, uh, thorns in your eyes and pricks in their side. Well, now look at what's happening. When Israel trades land for peace, Pete, they are trading um, biblical promised land All right. for peace. And they're going, it's diametrically opposed to the plan of God. So, violation so it's never of going to bring peace. Right. It's, so, it's just outwardly violating his commandment. You it's anti-Bible. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. So the opposing forces, not like some magical, mystical thing, is causing them to do this. They're going to set out to do it, and Israel is not to accept it. They're and, not supposed to, but they will. And, the but, Bible right. says they're going to. That they're going to, but ultimately yeah. they're not supposed to. And that they're not supposed to. No, try. absolutely not. Right. Okay. No. So here's uh, my. Um, uh, my my next question to you. Yep. I see it as a great opportunity because, and please pardon me for 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 joking about it, but I mean, what are they going to do if they initiate and build the third temple? And uh, I, I mean, the Jews are doing this; they're initiating the sacrifice of the red heifer. It's not yeah. a bunch of Christians doing that to provoke right. anything. Um, but them initiating that, and the Messiah comes. I mean, what are they going to say? Hey, you're not the Messiah again. I mean, yeah. we'll both be in sync that Jesus Christ, here he is right now. And yeah. both of us, it's a very unifying thing, I believe, is it not? Yeah, so the the Bible actually tells us what happens when Jesus comes. In the, in the book of Zechariah, the Bible says that Jesus Christ will come back, plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. The Bible says that all of Israel will come out to meet him. Because you have to understand the situation. We're right here at the end of the Battle of Armageddon. Israel, the Israeli soldiers have been fighting against the world governing armies that have come down against them. They've come down the Jordan, starts in the plain of Megiddo in the north. That's why it's called the Battle of Armageddon. Comes down the Jordan Valley. It ends up right in Jerusalem between the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives. It's the Kidron Valley right there. And so Israel, it's going to look like they're absolutely going to be driven off into the sea, Pete. And, but the fact of the matter is that's when God says, no, I'm done. The Bible says his fury will come up in his face. And he will come down, and the Bible says he will fight as he did in the day of battle. So he's going to come back and fight on behalf of Israel. Well, when he, the, it, all the Jews know the Old Testament prophecies about that the Messiah will come as a conquering king. Well, that's exactly what Jesus Christ is going to do. He's going to come the second time as a conquering king, not as a suffering servant. He's going to come back, plant his feet on the Mount of Olives, and in the book of Zechariah it says that the Jews will come out to meet their Messiah. And they're going to recognize the scars in his hands. And the Bible says, they're going to say, where'd you get those scars? And he's going to say, these are those with which I got in the house of my friends. And they're going to recognize, Pete, that Jesus Christ was, in fact, the Messiah. And in Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, 
the Bible says when the fullness of the Gentiles become in, that all of Israel will be saved at that point. All of the Jews that have made it through the Battle of Armageddon and the Great Tribulation and all of the, the different, the Holocaust and everything, the second Jewish Holocaust, the Bible says that all of Israel will be saved at that point. And so they're going to recognize him as the Messiah right there at the, at the time of the, really the worst time ever. It looks like they're going to be wiped off the face of the planet. Jesus is going to come back and they're going to recognize him as the Messiah. I, I, I don't mean to make light of this, a very beautiful event. I would want nothing more to be standing there next to my Jewish friend saying, all right, now can you say I'm sorry? Can you please apologize <laughs> well, and repent? Yeah, Get I understand. Your knees, take to yeah. your knees right now in a very serious moment, but ultimately yeah. repent. And yeah. G, uh, the, the Jews will be saved, but... They, they need to recognize that they made a mistake, did they not? That he was the Messiah and he yeah. is the king of the universe. Yeah. I mean, they'll have to be born again. Yes. Jesus told, Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, who was a, a Jew, except a man's born again, he can't enter to see the kingdom of God. All of the original New Testament church were Jewish, and they had to be born again. They, they all recognized that. Look, look at from Acts chapter 2 on. Everybody had to be born again, Jews and Gentiles. When they went to the house of Cornelius, they had to be born again as well. And so it, it's going to be the same way in the, in the, in the, when we get uh, like into the millennial reign when the Jews are saved. See, the thing is, is that the church is raptured prior to this event happening. We're raptured. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. Then we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel with Jesus Christ. So we're, we have immortal bodies at this point. So I'm going to be coming back with the Lord to fight against the armies that have come against Israel to battle. And then the Jews who are saved, they will live as mortals into the millennial reign. You say, well, when do they go to heaven? That's what the great white throne judgment's all about. But if you're raptured, you don't stand before God at the great white throne judgment. You've already been judged prior to that mm. at the time of his second coming. The Bible says in Revelation 11 that at the time of the seventh trumpet, that's, that's when the Lord comes with his reward, that the dead will be judged, and that they are given rewards, the prophets and the saints at that time. Yep. You know, I, um, I'm very passionate about this. I'm not just saying it. I, you know, and you know, ever since I've known you, I, um, yeah. I was so saddened that I, I, I couldn't, um, go to the Jordan river with your father-in-law, pastor yeah. Urban Baxter, the immortal pastor Urban Baxter, right? Um, his legacy lives on. Um, sure. but I want to go door to door. Yeah. I, I want to pass. I mean, I want to, to alert to the it's time to flee it's time to go are you going to have a team of people you said you're going door to door i've already got two thousand people that want to go with us can i get on the list absolutely i'll put you on the list yeah i want to go on the list yeah i've got two thousand people that have already said we're going and yeah, deb and i uh, we yeah, want to go we'll do it yeah okay so i've already abomination, I've, got desolation. There, I've got people there boots on the ground ready to help us too Great. we're not going to go in there blind so abomination debt. Okay. What, what is, what will happen to set that into motion? You're, you know, you send right. out. So what will happen? The final seven years. Yes. Okay. Right. The so peace agreement starts the final seven years. That, that has the in. five biblical characteristics. Right. Once the peace agreement starts the final seven years right. in the first three and one half years, Israel builds her third temple and right. reinstitutes the sacrifice mm -hmm. halfway through the final seven years. The, the Bible says, and this is Daniel 9.27, halfway through that final week of the seven-year period, the Antichrist will stand in that rebuilt Jewish temple because the Temple Mount is going to be placed under an internationally supervised 
sharing arrangement. The United Nations is probably going to supervise the arrangement. Yes. And they, the leader of that at the halfway through the final seven years is going to be the Antichrist. He's going to usurp authority over an already fully functioning world governing body. So the Bible says at, you know, when they just picture it like this, when they build the temple and they start sacrificing an animal every day and every night, that will make the front page of every news paper, a news source that you can think of. And the animal rights activists are going to be going ballistic because mm -hmm. on TV, they're sacrificing an animal every morning and every night. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be saying, okay, Mr. Antichrist, Mr. Political Leader of the World Government, you're supervising this thing. You've got to make this thing stop. And so what he, the Bible says he's going to do that. He's going to, the Bible says he will stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple. He will cause the sacrifices to cease. That's Daniel 9, 27. And the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that he will claim to be God. He's going to claim to be um, the Messiah to the Jews. He's going to claim to be Jesus to the Christians. He's going to claim to be the, the, um, the 12th Imam or the Mahdi to the Muslim. He's going to claim to be the 5th Buddha. He's going to claim to be God to everybody. And the Bible says, Jesus said, when you see that event happen, let them which be in Judea flee, for then will be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of time or ever again will be. So on this timeline, Pete, when the, when the peace agreement signed, End Time Ministries is going to mail a magazine to every home in Israel, the West Bank and Israel, and Israel proper, pre-1967 borders. Three years, and then we're going to be um, sending email blasts. I've got a way to send email blasts to every home in every uh, email in Israel. I've got a way to do it. We've already got that all set, ready to go. Then three years in, because halfway through is when that event happens. Three years into that is when we're going to do the, the door knocking campaign, and we're going to be sending email blasts and ads and all kinds of stuff. Because... You know, a lot of people would say, why in the world do you want to do that? Because I believe the Bible. Yeah. And God's given us a commission. He talked to my father-in-law. That's why we own a college in downtown Jerusalem. And I teach Jews there every Thursday morning. I taught them a class full this morning. Because the Bible says there's going to be a great time of revival. The Bible says, yes, all of Israel will be saved at the time when the second coming happens, which is at the end of the final seven years. Mm -hmm. But also, the Bible says in Zechariah, I will save the tents of Judah first. So prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, those individuals that we have helped warn and they, they have, um, have fled from the, the, West, the West Bank region, the Bible says, I will save, God said, I will save them first. And so there's going to be a, a time of revival. A lot of people say, oh, there's no such thing as a great end time revival. Well, what, what version of the Bible are you reading? Because in my Bible, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 7, which is the revival chapter, that there is a remnant of Jews, 144,000 Jews, or a, a remnant of Jews is what it's talking about, that will be saved in the end time. Because the Bible says they're sealed by God in their forehead before the wrath of God is poured out. And then also, John looked, so we know there's going to be Jews in the end time church, but John said in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, I turned, and he's seeing a vision of heaven is what he's seeing, Pete. And he said, Behold, I turned and looked, and I saw a multitude that no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. So it's not just going to be Jews that are saved. 
but it's going to be M- people from every nation during that time. Yeah. And the elder came to John and said, who are these individuals who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb? And John says, I don't know. And the elder says, these are they, Jews and Gentile, that came out of the great tribulation. It's Revelation chapter 7. You can read it. Mm-hmm. And so there's great times of revival happening, Pete, even in Israel. And End Time Ministries is going to be there to help facilitate that revival. That's why we own a physical college there right now. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. This is just uh, what I what I received. He he was a great teacher, so patient with me because I was rough and tumble. I was so honored to have Pastor Baxter on. But I, 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 I now see him because my Bible study is going to his video series. It was literally converted from VHS. And he, when he was talking about the New World Order back then, we were all called conspiracy theorists. Yeah. But, but he, he is a revelation, an end-time prophecy scholar. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. you know, the, for instance, we Christians cannot be dismissive of what's contained here in understanding the end times. Because no. you know that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He suffered, died, he was buried, he rose again. You you can't accept all those things as a Christian and say, well, we'll accept that, but the other portions of it as to what Jesus said would happen when he returns. You right. can't dismiss that. No way. You no. cannot dismiss it. So we have to know what was prophesied, what was spoken of, and what's right in front of us. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. M- Pete, most of the world missed the first coming of the Messiah because they didn't understand the prophecies. Yes. Now we've got about a thousand prophecies, many more than they had mm. on the first coming. Yeah. Now we've got about a thousand prophecies concerning the second coming. Almost 30% of the entire Bible is prophecy, and yet most of the world does not understand it. However, I believe before it's over with that God will open giant doors for us to share this globally <clears throat> because we're supposed to help people understand. That's our job. Mm-hmm. And so I-, I can see big doors opening now. God's blessing us. But I think the time's coming when my father-in-law told me this, Pete. He said, Dave, the end time is going to be a big time of separation. People will either move into the arms of the Antichrist or they will move into the arms of the real Christ. Oh, you see it right now happening, don't you? That's exactly right. And the the thing is, in the end time, there's not going to be any gray area. You're either going to be, the Bible says you're either going to be a saint or a sinner. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a wheat or a tear. You're, you're either going to be a, a, a sheep or a goat. There's no there's no gray areas. When God comes back, he's not going to be scratching his head going, hmm, let me see, who should I rapture? Uh-uh. You're going to be either all in or you're not in. Mm-hmm. That's the way the Bible works. And so I've got to be in, Pete. Yeah. I don't care what I have to do. Yeah. I'm going to be born again, and yeah. I'm going to be in. And this thing, the whole point to the program is it's, 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 coming, it's coming so rapidly I've got to get as many people as I can ready to go. Yes. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he warned over and over again, therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, your Lord doth come. I've got to be ready to go today. I can't wait till 10 years. i got to be ready today. Show me what i got to do. 
I got to get ready. That's where I'm at. And I, I heard it directly from him when he said, when he first set out his first print, he didn't have any money. He prayed to the yep. Lord. He started putting together educational materials, which is yeah. exactly what your ministry is all about. So endtime.com. Yes, this is not just a cheap, shameless plug because uh, I'm an advocate, you know, of all these things. Yes. That's why we have you on and I'm a yeah, student. Yeah, no, absolutely. So endtime.com forward yep. slash Pete, right? And pick... We, we have to learn our way through this and all of the educational materials uh, that your father-in-law had spent yes, decades sir. preparing, decades yeah. preparing for, for this moment. Yeah. For this moment. He, what do you he think, started what do you teaching think? it back in the sixties. Yeah. Final commentary. What do you think right now? I mean, can you imagine how energetic if you, if the three of us did this segment right here, uh, would he be saying, I told you so, or yeah. if that's what, you know, biblical prophecy is as it relates to end time. But I, he I would, can tell he you what he would say excited, Pete, if he, he was here. Uh -huh. He would say, therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not your Lord doth come. I talked to him just before he passed. And I told him we were on a vacation one month before he passed. Our whole family went on a big vacation. And I told him, I said, you know, if you. We were talking about future events and how things might play out. And I said, Dad, I said, if you ever pass before the rapture, we all thought he'd make it to the rapture. But I said, if you ever pass and I get to speak at your funeral, I'm not going to talk how you were the greatest prophecy teacher I've ever known. I'm not going to talk about it. I said, I will talk about how you were a spirit-led man and a soul winner. Irvin <laughs> Baxter, the core of his being was to be a spirit-led individual. The Bible says in Revelation chapter, in the Romans chapter 8, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Urban Baxter was a spirit-led man, and at the core of his being, he, he was a soul winner. His mission on the planet was to prepare people for the soon return of Jesus Christ. And if he was sitting here talking to us today, he would say, boys, I've told you about these prophecies all these years. This thing's getting ready to wrap up, and you guys get yourselves ready and get as many people as you can to be born again. Because Pete, he now knows better than you and I do how important it is to be born again. He's there. He mm. made it. Oh, yeah. And he would look at us and he would say, Pete, Dave, you guys get ready. And then you guys use your programs to get everybody you can ready for the second, for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because there's nothing more important than that. There's no news story. There's no war. There's no politician. There's none of this stuff is more important than an individual being born again. Mm -hmm. And so that's the most important thing. And I think he would be talking to us about it as we sit here together, having a great conversation. Yes. And on, on this note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and this show to me, it was important uh, because one of the first shows he did smaller show. I mean, he could have gone on the biggest and, you know, spoken yeah. to tens of millions of people or he'll speak to one guy, Pete Santilli. Yeah. And you have to know that what you just said Yes. I'm living proof of that because Amen. he didn't have to. He didn't have to spend that much time to be as patient yeah. with me because I was the least polished stone when he first got old. Yeah. Right? He didn't care about that. No, he didn't. And that's why no. I, I felt so blessed by it all. I said, yeah. wow, he he's 
He's wanting to get me ready here for some serious yeah. stuff, and he was very patient. Uh, and he's left, and his legacy is educational materials yeah. uh, and, 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 and a directive. Get, re yes, get ready. Get ready. Yep, so, be ready to go. Sir, the great segment, as always. Um, yes, sir. Exciting times here in the next couple of months. I'm, I'm yes. uh, invigorated by it. And um, yeah. uh, and everybody, one final note, not to end on a negative note. You know, they say in the end times that, you know, war, uh, you know, will, you know, will be, and vice versa, love, hate, good, yeah. evil, be the opposite. Yeah. War, peace, and yeah. when you hear of a peace agreement, it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. It's not a good thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. sir. It's not going to be peace. Thank you. Great segment. All, All right. right. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. God bless you. Good too. being with you. Bye now. Yeah. And there we have it. There we have it. There we have it. That was a great segment. I uh -huh. know you guys. Uh, uh, I know you guys like that segment. Always, always a pleasure to have. I said, uh, isn't that great, Ainsley? Michelle said it was an awesome inter interview. Mm -hmm. uh, you must be dunked underwater. There you go. Pastor. Oh, they're, just, they're talking about baptism, which is really cool, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. endtime.com uh, forward slash Pete, right, is the link, unk, if you could. Uh, forward slash Pete and use promo code Pete for a discount on understanding the end time. This is a great guide for everybody to understand the end time. Yes. All right. Uh, you know what I need somebody to do? Tell me how the audio sounds on this microphone. If you would, please let me know how it sounds. I want to go to a headset. Uh, if it sounds okay. I was, what's that? Audio's good, uh, says Angie. Audio is good. Great mm. segment. Okay, this yeah. is what, uh, thank you, Unc. I appreciate that. Never give up your soul. No way. No way. All right, listen. Uh, I want everyone to join Deb and I, okay, on a mission. First of all, I'm on this mission before Deb. All right. Yeah. She had to study the ingredients, of course. I'm still studying um, the ingredients. Yes. Uh, but uh, one uh, mission we've been on is learning about a disruptor to the medical industrial complex. Mm. Ainsley Michelle said, it sounds great. Good. Yeah. Uh, a disruptor to the medical industrial complex. We are an accredited, now an accredited IPO, they call us. And we're going to be doing presentations to basically go after and just bust up a multi-trillion dollar medical industrial complex. Because I believe you deserve to pay a dollar, three dollars for your prescriptions. And, and by the way, I'm not even joking about this. I'm going to invite you to uh, a Zoom call so you can you can see. Uh, and we, we have multiple Zoom calls throughout the week uh -huh. so that you can learn more about impact health sharing. Deb, oh you've been goodness, on that. Yeah. Can you please uh, talk about, uh, I mean, you've you've been to those calls, right? I have been. Uh, how many yeah. calls? About oh. four, probably, yeah. that I've listened in on and, yep. and uh, listened to 
the uh, questions from just everyday people. You'll be able to ask questions. Yep. Uh, What I need everybody to do is to go. I mean, they're so open and very transparent. Yeah. Super transparent, easy to understand. And I think there's a lot of people that would benefit from it. And a lot of people who would benefit, like my parents, um, they had supplemental to their Medicare, right? Right, right. And, um, and you can supplement with this yeah, as well. I think it would have saved them a lot of money. Yep. I really do. I think. Yeah, just saved. in the prescription so, uh, costs alone. Yeah, because my mom was, of course, she, you know, she had, she was diabetic. She had Parkinson's. She had all kinds of things going on in there toward the end and uh, cancer, of course. So she had to take a lot of medications yeah. for that too. So yes. um, I think it would have saved her a good deal of money. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So this is what I want you to do to learn more. If you don't have health insurance because you can't afford it, you definitely mm-hmm. want to get a quote and learn more about it. Just have it available. Um, uh, it, it's for free that you can get a quote. Go to impactmyhealthshare.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our site that where we're going to send you an invitation to learn more. Uh, you know, uh, when, when uh, you know, if I were to come to you and say, all right, everybody, change all the two by fours in your house. You'd be like, oh, okay, what <laughs> am I going to replace it with? Yeah. Right. It's a serious decision. Yeah, it so is. we're going to, we're going to walk you through, we're going to guide you through the process step by step to learn. It's not a, you know, you just click on it, and go buy it. You need to learn. But I'm going to tell you something right now. When you get the quote and you realize how much of a savings there is, and then you find out how you're going to get that savings, mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer. It'll blow your mind, I promise you. I promise you. So uh, I'm in this uh, to disrupt the medical industrial complex. Yes. And I hope you join me. And if you know of somebody that needs, they're spending too much for their health care, Mm-hmm. Um, have them go to impactmyhealthshare.com. Yeah. Uh, get your quote, and then we'll send you an invite to attend a, a Zoom call uh, where you'll have a live interactive. You can ask questions. You can see what the benefits are. Um, save as much as 30 to 70%. We'll be right back uh, right after the short message. You'll be hearing about Impact Healthcare right now with Phil Chrysler, the CEO of Impact Healthcare. Pay attention. Christian organization, folks. Yep. Yep, here we go. Chrysler, President and CEO of Impact Health Sharing. Healthcare sharing began in churches. You were asked to contribute to help Bob and Sue with their ailment. People passed the hat and you contributed what you could to help your fellow member in need. Then fast forward, you saw great things occurring in the Amish and Mennonite communities doing exactly the same thing. Then it got a little more formalized in the 80s with some religious based organizations. And then 
the Affordable Care Act came along. That's really what propelled healthcare sharing to its modern day growth. You remember the individual mandate penalized you with a tax if you didn't have health insurance. But if you were a member of certain healthcare sharing organizations, you didn't have to pay that. Now we know the individual mandate has of course been reduced to zero. But in the meantime, healthcare sharing grew over a thousand percent in the last decade alone. Why? Because it's an alternative to the high cost of insurance. Typically, you'll pay 30 to 50% less. Some reasons why? We're not for profit. So we have no profit motives that typically cause conflict between members, providers, shareholders, and the executive team. None of that exists with healthcare sharing and certainly with impact. You can stop overpaying, my friends. Here's an important statistic to understand why. Department of Health and Human Services says about 5% of the population account for nearly half of the healthcare spending that occurs in this country. Majority are healthy. They're overpaying though for the non-healthy. Insurance has become really no longer affordable. 80% of US adults rate lowering their healthcare costs as their top concern. So why impact? Well, we're rooted in the love thy neighbor approach, which allows us to welcome all races, all religions, all colors, all creeds. We were the very first healthcare sharing entity to launch this patented technology platform that really provides 100% transparency. This had never been done before in healthcare sharing certainly not in health insurance. We have member-owned accounts, that way the money stays in your account. We have no network, you get to see any doctor you want. Again, providing uh, full transparency on how all the money moves is something we're really, really proud of. And you, of course, you have no open enrollment restrictions. Membership begins the first of every month. You just gotta finish that application by the last day of the previous month. We also have great pricing and programs for individuals, for families, for seniors, and for groups. And remember friends, it's a comprehensive program for your health. So we have preventative services, maternity, accident, illness, and of course injuries. You have access to telemedicine and an industry leading prescription drug pricing program. My friends, what we are simply doing is leveraging your sense of community with technology to control the cost of healthcare. I hope you'll join us. Save as much as 30 to 70% on your healthcare costs. Get a free quote from Impact by visiting impactmyhealthshare.com. Click the link below or scan the QR code on the screen to visit our website automatically. lighter, happier, have more energy, sleep deeper, and let go of the weight that may be holding you down, then Pete would like to introduce you to a new and upgraded way of living life to its fullest. You deserve to thrive, not just survive. Join the Pete Reset and transform your life in just 30 days. Visit eatwithpete.io. That's eatwithpete.io or click the link below in the description box.
Okay, uh, I have a video to share with you, and I want you to uh, to tell me uh, if you could. Sorry, mm-hmm. tell mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, just tell everybody that this is me. Okay, will you do that for me? Yeah. Here it is, right here. Here it is. Okay. Ready? Here we mm-hmm. go. This is me. Uh, just uh, when I first met Deb, I was doing steroids, and uh, I've since quit. Huh? <laughs> you were not. I wasn't. No, don't tell people that. No, it's not true. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, it's not true then. Here it is. I've always said I wanted to just go off and chop wood, and here I am chopping wood. Ready? Mm-hmm. Why is that funny? I don't know. It just is. Actually, if I drank enough of this right here. <laughs> yeah. When I have big muscles. <laughs> That's almost like a deformity. That guy. Don't you think? Are you making fun of me? No. <laughs> that wasn't Pete. <laughs> that is me. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Oh. So Look at it. It isn't. Yes. Poof. Look at. Look close. That's me. Mm-hmm. Are you playing with AI again? <laughs> Who does that look like? Oh well, yeah. In the face, it looks like you. But in the face, what about? Yeah. I've seen pictures of you your whole life. You've never looked like that. What do you mean never? What are you talking about? Uh, that's bulky and you just, looking at my package no that i'm looking at the i mean that's not you what do you mean that's not me bulky. It just isn't, isn't that terrible i i just don't like that look that's you awful don't? no but do i have the same attitude as I that don't guy think, looks i think i don't think most women do i think most women are like ah that's too much yeah it is Mm-hmm. am i strong and muscular though you are. Can you talk more about that for about 30 minutes? <laughs> you are very super strong, actually. You uh, really are. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I know Kung Fu. Yeah. You know, right. you know some Kung Fu. I do. Yeah. Have you ever heard somebody that said that they knew martial arts? And I said, really? And I took them and they said, ow. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was so Isn't hilarious. That's funny. You this think guy, I do this guy was coming at you. He was. Yeah, and he was he like, said he knew martial arts. He goes, I'll he, take you on. I know martial arts. I'm like, really? Come here for a second. And I just reach out and go, ow. <laughs> right? And and he really did. He literally said, With, ow. 
Oh. Yeah, with three fingers. Yeah. I don't even. I can't. I can't funny. tell you the last time. I, I do need to say this because I want to kick the crap out of John Brennan. <laughs> yeah. And, well. And okay, I, I, so. he's the type of person yep. that I would want to expend some energy on, and that's our our top news uh, headline. So what is up with this? I mean, what? So the FBI, which is, I I, I believe the it's the FBI in in this New York. Uh, Times report. Uh-huh. Um, they're, uh, they are the ones reporting this. And am I correct on that? Uh, no, it's the, it's the New York Times uh, that's reporting on it. And I'm going to call. Well, I know, but, the F- but didn't they get the information from the FBI or something like that? Well, Some files I, that they had. Can, and, I, can I tell you something? Yeah. We, we can't get an email on Fauci. Okay. Mm-hmm. Through a FOIA request, an email. Right. Do you think we're going to get information on twelve secret spy bases through yeah. the New York Times? Do you think so? Really? I mean, I was. I. I got. I have to agree with you. I was looking at this, and I was like, "There's just why are they going after Brennan all of no. a sudden? Why uh, is the New York Times yeah. going after Brennan?" Okay, so listen to this. Uh, the New York Times now publishing, and by the way, there were a CIA storefront, mm-hmm. right? I might add. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They are. Sure. Uh, and they're saying that the CIA built 12 secret spy bases in the Ukraine, waging a shadow war against Russia since 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Brennan caught in the middle of it, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why is that coming about? So on Sunday, right. the New York Times published a rare U.S. admission that U.S. intelligence has not only been instrumental in Ukraine's wartime decision-making, but has established and financed high-tech command and control spy centers. Mm. Mm-hmm. And was doing so long prior to the February, February 24th Russian invasion two years ago. Right? The New York Times admitted that the program was established a decade ago and spans three different American presidents. Uh, I say, no way are they publishing this thing and exposing, because look at what they do to Julian Assange. Right. uh, Releasing top secret information. Mm -hmm. So why isn't that New York Times journalist locked up in the gulag in the UK? Right? Why not? Where are they? Mm-hmm. Why are they not locking up that that New York Times uh, journalist? But they've got Julian Assange locked up, right? Sure. For releasing top secret information. Yeah. Exposing yeah. their war crimes. Uh, I would say that these are, you know, what's going on in Ukraine is war crimes. No doubt. After a U.S.-supported violent coup toppled Ukraine's democratically elected government, CIA Director John Brennan visited Kiev. Okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, here he is. Traveled possibly under another name to Kiev. And I just wanted to know, 
Did he travel there? Does it have anything to do with this action? Just to no, it, ha it happened uh, only in, in the uh, in some co comments from Moscow. I don't know. So, Thank you. Uh, Were you in Kiev recently? I was in Kiev a couple weeks ago, yes. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us uh, what your mission was? Uh, I was out there to uh, interact with uh, our Ukrainian partners and friends. Ukraine's acting president has announced the start of an anti-terrorist operation in the east of the country. Today was the day Kiev sent in troops to try to wrest back control of the east. I met with people who are Officials say the vice president's in Kiev to boost economic and political assistance to authorities there. Speaking to its new pro-Western leaders, U.S. Vice President Joe Biden pledged to help Ukraine through the crisis, including an aid package of $50 million. We can help in stabilizing and strengthening Ukraine's economy by helping you withstand the unfair economic pressure being thrust upon you. We stand ready to do that, and I say the American people stand ready. Ukrainian people deserve to uh, determine their future, uh, again, free from outside interference, and that's what the United States is trying to do, and uh, to the extent that uh, we here at CIA can work with our partners in Ukraine and other areas to, to give them the, uh, the information, the, the capabilities that they need in order to bring... You freaking rotten son of a bitch. Okay, you bastard. If I was ever near that guy, all right, mm -hmm. I would twist his nose. Okay? Mm. Here, hold on a second. Give him a noogie. Answer the phone. Hmm. 
they're not going to take calls from you, Pete. Who do you think it is? I don't know. Whoever it is is like, nope. <laughs> not today, Pete Santilli. All right. They're not answering that one. I'm going to call uh -huh. another one. You guys are going to love this. And then we're going to end the show. You guys are going to love this. She just say, <laughs> Your call cannot be transferred. Oh, my goodness. Seriously. Oh, well. You try. One more. <laughs> One more number. I'm calling the Russian embassy. The Russian embassy. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. You make me nervous. <laughs> Hello? 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 I think they got your number. You think so? Yeah. Nobody's answering the phone at the freaking Russian embassy. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Uh, uh, you here make we me go. Nervous. I have an emergency line. This is an emergency. Go to. Don't do that. Why? I'm not kidding. Why? Because. It's an emergency. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to be the voice of reason here. But you know, you're going to do what you will. It is. Mm hmm. <laughs> Chua got me dead. Here we go. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Hi, I need CPR. <laughs> what? Well, what if this was an emergency? Uh, I'm telling you, they got your number. They're not going to answer you. They're just like, oh, this Hello? Up with a red flag. Hello? $1 for the bail me out fund. Why? <laughs> no kidding. What are they going to do, defend? Come on, answer. Oh, my God. Ground loop hum. There you go. Ground uh -huh. loop hum. Somebody says, your audio is a ground loop hum. 
It might. No such thing. No. All right. We got to go. We do? Yeah. <laughs> we do. Hold on. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. What if I had an, a freaking emergency? You know. Huh? I don't think you'd be calling the Russian embassy. Oh, my God. Huh? Didn't they? Uh, okay. Didn't they get shut down? They're not, they're not even there anymore, are they? Yeah, by the way, uh, yeah, we got uh, some uh, cables we had to replace. So, you know, sometimes we can't afford it. Um, but uh, we now needs an app that lets you change his phone number at will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I should do that. Those are fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, across the bottom of the screen, I want to do an invite. I'd like everyone to attend this. Uh-huh. Uh, I want everybody to get a quote at impactmyhealthshare.com. It's free, right? Yeah. And I want to send you an invite to, I also want to, you know what I want to do? Uh, I want to practice doing the presentations too. I do have the presentation. I'm going to uh -huh. invite you to um, Dr. Witcher. Um, if you don't know who Dr. Witcher is, you will find out. There's a group of doctors that will be available. Uh, you'll hear testimonials from people that have saved a lot of money on their health insurance, their health care costs. Yeah. So go to impactmyhealthshare.com. That's impactmyhealthshare.com. Uh, and even if you don't want any insurance and you want to be invited to, actually, I'll send you an invite um, so you can kind of kick my tires. I want to do a couple of practice runs of the presentation uh, so that I can get some uh, some experience, right? There you go. Okay. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You guys are uh, going to love this, I'm telling you. Yes. I'm telling you right now, you're going to love it. Yep, you will. Um, yep. Let's, um, we're off and running. Yes. He has a retarded ex named Jenny <laughs> at 6567 uh, eight, right. Here we go. Thank you, guys. Uh, get to impactmyhealthshare.com. There you go. We'll see you guys at 4 o'clock for Santilla Report on LFA. See you then. Thanks, Pete. Hi, I'm Phil Chrysler, President and CEO of Impact Health Sharing. Healthcare sharing began in churches. You were asked to contribute to help Bob and Sue with their ailment. People passed the hat and you contributed what you could to help your fellow member in need. Then fast forward, you saw great things occurring in the Amish and Mennonite communities doing exactly the same thing. Then it got a little more formalized in the 80s with some religious-based organizations, and then the Affordable Care Act came along. That's really what propelled healthcare sharing to its modern-day growth. You remember, the individual mandate penalized you with a tax if you didn't have health insurance. But if you were a member of certain healthcare sharing organizations, you didn't have to pay that. Now we know the individual mandate has of course been reduced to zero. But in the meantime, healthcare sharing grew over a thousand percent in the last decade alone. Why? Because it's an alternative to the high cost of insurance. Typically, you'll pay 30 to 50% less. 
some reasons why we're not for profit. So we have no profit motives that typically cause conflict between members, providers, shareholders, and the executive team. None of that exists with healthcare sharing and certainly with impact. You can stop overpaying, my friends. Here's an important statistic to understand why. Department of Health and Human Services says about 5% of the population account for nearly half of the healthcare spending that occurs in this country. Majority are healthy. They're overpaying, though, for the non-healthy. Insurance has become really no longer affordable. 80% of U.S. adults rate lowering their health care costs as their top concern. So why impact? Well, we're rooted in the love thy neighbor approach, which allows us to welcome all races, all religions, all colors, all creeds. We were the very first healthcare sharing entity to launch this patented technology platform that really provides 100% transparency. This had never been done before in healthcare sharing, certainly not in health insurance. We have member-owned accounts, that way the money stays in your account. We have no network, you get to see any doctor you want. Again, providing uh, full transparency on how all the money moves is something we're really, really proud of. And you, of course, you have no open enrollment restrictions. Membership begins the first of every month. You just gotta finish that application by the last day of the previous month. We also have great pricing and programs for individuals, for families, for seniors, and for groups. And remember, friends, it's a comprehensive program for your health. So we have preventative services, maternity, accident, illness, and of course, injuries. You have access to telemedicine and an industry-leading prescription drug pricing program. My friends, what we are simply doing is leveraging your sense of community with technology to control the cost of healthcare. I hope you'll join us. Save as much as 30 to 70% on your healthcare costs. Get a free quote from Impact by visiting impactmyhealthshare.com. Click the link below or scan the QR code on the screen to visit our website automatically.